Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity in your life, learning the history of hobbies, as well as making a little side hustle out of your hobbies. If you want to find balance in your life and find peace, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. All right, let's get to the show. How is everyone doing today? I hope you are doing well. I've got a real special episode for you all. Uh, So this episode is about Tetris, uh, how it got started, everything in between, and how people have even earned some money from it. So uh, stay tuned and uh, let's get into it. So the story of Tetris is a very interesting story when it comes to video games. It's probably... The story itself is probably one of the most famous, uh, certainly when it came to, when you compare it to others like Donkey Kong or Super Mario Brothers, it, it definitely ranks up in the top 10 stories of how the game was created. So in 19, in the 1980s, uh, the Soviet Union um, was at its height, uh, Cold War still going on, and a little-known programmer by the name of Alexei Pajitnov, um, at least uh, where he was, he was known, um, was just tinkering around in his computer lab, and he began to uh, develop some games. Now, he was, you know, he was just... He started off just making really simple games. Uh, he he did stuff with tic-tac-toe. But the one game that, that he wanted to recreate for the computer was a game called Pentominoes. Pentominoes are five um, blocks, um, are blocks with uh, five pieces or they can be broken down into five pieces when measured out. And there were 12 pieces to this game. And it was a wooden game, and you had to solve the puzzle. So you had to assemble the pieces correctly. And if you didn't, there would be space left over, or you couldn't fit a certain piece into the wooden board. Now, when he first created this uh, prototype game on the computer, you know, it didn't challenge the gamer that much. What it did was uh, just leave the user unsatisfied after playing it because once the user solved the puzzle, there was no uh, other levels, there was nothing else to challenge that user. So he had to recreate the game on the Electronica 60, and what he did was he 
He eliminated some of the pieces, so he got it down to seven pieces, and each piece would have uh, four blocks to it. And and he came up with the name Tetris um, after his favorite sport and and the word Tetra. So he combined the two. And that's how you got the title of Tetris. Now, later on, uh, this game began to take off at his respected university um, or institute. Pajitnov worked at the uh, Dor- the excuse me the Dor- the uh, computing center. Uh, within Moscow, and uh, it was located just outside of the uh, Moscow University, or it was within that um, system, within that university um, branch, rather. Once the uh, prototype uh, was finished, um, or rather after his final prototype, the, the game of Tetris now had a scoring system and a way to save your high scores. So even with the uh, primitive uh, computer technology that they had, they were still able to include this. Now, even with this first prototype, it was only one color, which was uh, green or no colors, rather, if you want to get technical. But it, was, uh, it displayed green on the uh, monitor. Their next, um, his next test was, um, to get it onto the IBM computer. Now, Pajitnov needed the help of a 16-year-old, uh, programming prodigy called, uh, Vadim Gerasimov. He was introduced to him by his friend and mentor, Dmitry Pavlovsky. The three of them began to bond, and they were able to get this on the IBM computer with relative ease. Even though it seemed like a challenge at first, with their teamwork, they were able to accomplish their goal and make a copy specifically for the IBM PC. Now, before I go any further, let me take care of the ads. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please be sure to donate to this podcast. Uh, I use the money for advertising and technical equipment and anything to just help get my uh, message out there. So, yeah. So please consider donating to this show, $5, $10, $50, $500, anything helps and it goes a long way and I don't put the money into my pocket and I just use that for technical stuff and anything that will help raise awareness for the show. Also, we got Skillshare.com as well. So log on to Skillshare.com, go get your first two months free 
even if you don't like the courses, you can cancel at any time uh, during your free trial, and you don't have to pay a dime. So there's no excuse. Skillshare.com has t- over 20,000 classes. So go learn a new skill. Uh, go learn something like what I'm doing and uh, go get you some skills. Um, finally, uh, just an update. Uh, the audiobook mastery course is going to be coming out later this month. I will uh, drop an email of when it's out. So please be sure to sign up for my email list and uh, get notified when I uh, put that out as well. So uh, that about covers it. Um, also, please be sure to rate this on iTunes, Spotify, anything, whatever uh, podcast app you're listening to. Uh, so five stars and write me a little review. Let me know what you think of this episode. Uh, so that is definitely much appreciated um, all around. So just go take care of that and uh, I'll be set. Thank you. All right, so now back to the main portion of the episode. Now, with Pajitnov, Pavlovsky, and Grasimov uh, working together, um, they produced a hit video game that they didn't expect would catch on. This game uh, then went on to the psychology department at Moscow University, and it was just spread around uh, like wildfire. Um, Pavlovsky uh, eventually uh, sends it, the game off to his friend in Hungary, and and it technically uh, crossed the Iron Curtain before the uh, then, even before the uh, Cold War actually ended. So there's that, but now um, it's public domain. So. Then you have Robert Stein uh, coming to the uh, picture, owner of Andromeda Software. He then gets the two companies, Mirasoft and Spectrum Holobyte. He sells the rights to those companies and uh, then uh, is able to make a little profit off of it. Uh, but before that, he needs to get some clarity and an assurance from Alexei Pajitnov, Pajitnov rather, and just have some assurance that he is in the right to do it. Now, before this, there was some back and forth with some vague messages, and Robert Stein thought to himself, oh, this is okay. Um... He, having no knowledge of the uh, Russian um, legal system or the Soviet legal system, you know, this doesn't turn out well. So this is spread around the country. So it, so it was in on people's computers uh, even before it crossed the Iron Curtain. Um, now, after it crossed the Iron Curtain, did it really begin to take off? and uh, get onto the NES and Game Boy. But during this time, uh, during the mid-80s, like 86, uh, you had this legal process that needed to be 
iron out. So everyone is trying to figure out who is doing what. Um, Alexei Pajanov gets into trouble with his boss, and and he could never make any money from it because he used uh, their computers at the university and institute. So he can't make any money off of that. Now, to iron out all the details of this, uh, you know, Robert Maxwell, um, you know, had his, had, was able to, to get some of his royalties uh, from the PC. Eventually, Tetris, uh, the Tetris writes, Go to Nintendo. And. And then they go on and produce the Game Boy version. And the NES version. And both of those copies of Tetris. Go on to sell tens of millions of copies. Now. I want to. Um, just talk a little bit about peace and prosperity for a little while. So, even though this game uh, didn't officially um, cross, didn't officially cross the Iron Curtain uh, because it wasn't technically published, it still gave people an idea of you know Russian culture and. And it even showed people that, uh, you know, not all things are bad um, from people. And people do have a drive to produce uh, great products. Uh, when the Iron Curtain did fall uh, back in 89, when, when the Berlin Wall fell in 1989... You know, the game began to get more popular, and the NES and Game Boy were just taken off, and and those versions were taken off, and and it got people hooked, and no one cared where the game was from. They just cared about having a good time, and for many people, it brought such a great time. The fact that you could, at the time have a portable version of Tetris and stick the uh, Game Boy in your pocket was unheard of at the time. I mean, today we just have uh, cell phones in our pocket and and you can just pick up a game of Tetris plus, you know, have all these different TV shows on it. You can listen to your podcast. But just to play a game in 1989 was unheard of um to in your pocket um now with the NES version it was very simple and you could um it was available for rent at Blockbuster and you can uh buy a copy of it at Toys R Us and those are two uh companies that don't exist anymore but at the time they were selling video game cartridges Another thing that doesn't exist anymore, or rather, it's not produced anymore, at least by uh, major corporations. But yeah, just having a little fun here. Uh, 
So with Tetris being released to the public across the world, it changed everyone's uh, life uh, rather for the better. People now had a source of entertainment that was unlike anything else. It was unlike any other video game because it was perfect for the home. It was perfect for the arcade. It was perfect to play on a portable device. It was the best um, game that could have been created uh, to just you know intertwine all these areas of video gaming and and uh, and just you know really revolutionize the video game industry. Most uh, newcomers to the game, uh, you know, were not typical gamers. Uh, at first, you know, you know, even even some uh, old programmers in the United States when they first saw it were a little intrigued by it, and and then they showed it off to their families, and they're like, "This is something else," and it was um, because you know the game just kept the player intrigued. It was colorful uh once it was on the NES and and after you know it was popularized and put on a major system um it just really began to take off and today you have Tetris tournaments you have Tetris t-shirts you've got Tetris coffee cups you got the works. Um, the one thing that Tetris is responsible for that uh, you wouldn't really think about is music. And I'm talking songs like Darude Sandstorm, some Martin Garrix tracks, um, some Alesso tracks, uh, even Avicii. Uh, it, it was a very important piece, that uh, soundtrack, that that dun 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 you know that that little uh, music uh, piece, um, you know, got uh, you know those techno, uh, those house artists just um inspired to produce um amazing content, and you can hear. Um, some of the notes, uh, if you, you actually compare the soundtrack of Tetris to Darude's Sandstorm, you can actually um, see the notes in there that are actually a little similar as well. And, that, and some of the, even the little beats as well, if uh, you pay attention to that. The best part about the game is probably that you don't need a particular system to play it on. You can play it on the um, calculator. You can play it on a PS5, VR, headset, um, old NES console, even an Atari 2600. Who would have thought of that as well? And, of course, your computer as well, and you can log on to a website, and it costs you nothing. This game has probably had the most... Uh, important impact on world culture 
because uh, it's gotten people into what a video game is. It's uh, easy to recreate now. And if you actually go online, you can actually download uh, code, um, either like HTML code and uh, JavaScript code, and just put that onto your computer as well. And then you could also uh, just uh, get a Sublime Text um, or a Notepad++ um, application, put it all there and uh, just run it, and you could actually have a working Tetris game on your computer. Um, uh, Tetris has been used for final projects of uh, computer science classes, it and and uh, projects as well, and and it it is definitely a fun thing uh, to learn how to code if you're uh, going into uh, coding as well, and 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 uh, for you uh, programmers listening or those getting into code, learn how to code. Tetris, um, if you're going to be a video game, uh, maker as well, just learn how to code that and, uh, just get it. And, and I mean, if you can master that, uh, that I think you're going to be doing well. Now I'm not a programmer, but I've seen, uh, some people just work a, um, Tetris, uh, program uh, produce a Tetris program, and they just master it. They have mastered how to like write in JavaScript or Java and C plus plus, and just put it all there. It is amazing, man. It is amazing what what they can do. So uh, if you can master that, you can master anything uh, in HTML or JavaScript, and uh, and just you can even be a web developer after that whole thing. Um, once again, I mean, you could actually learn that on Skillshare.com. And yes, I'm going to make that um, announcement again because you always need to increase your skill. All right. Now, back to uh, Pagetnov. So he never made any money with this uh, game. It ne- he wasn't allowed to because back in the day, the uh, Soviets um, just didn't allow for it. And, and uh, capitalism was actually still foreign to them, even after the Berlin Wall um, was torn down. Uh, the What really got me uh interested in this story even at a young age of like i think it was like 10 when i first heard this and i remember telling my dad uh like asking him hey why isn't the creator of tetris getting paid and i'm and he's like uh adam uh you know you know the so you know the russians uh didn't allow for this because they have these X and Y rules set up, and I'm like, that's a that's like that doesn't make any sense. He built this, he created this. He should be able to earn it, and and 
I just never understood that until now, um, nearly, um, you know, many years later. And, and yes, you should be able to, uh, uh, earn your keep, uh, great, uh, keep what you have, uh, produced rather. And, and, uh, and even though he wasn't, um, didn't make any money off of it, you know, he was still glad that it, it went on to do as well as it did. You know, he could have never possibly foreseen all of this. Uh, so, and as well, um, you know, this game is responsible uh, for, you know, what did... I guess it did play a minor role in, you know, the Berlin Wall coming down. Because even still, the Russian government, the Soviet government at the time, still wanted to get in on this. They wanted some royalties, even even they were driven by money. And they wanted in on it as well. So in order to get the, you know, they still needed all that to iron out the deals between Nintendo, Microsoft, Spectrum Holbite, and every company. And unfortunately for them, uh, though uh, pageant ops higher ups, uh, they were able to uh, get some money and uh, get things rolling. So, yeah. So even though it crossed now even though it did cross into Hungary uh you know that was a key thing that helped you know get it over the edge and people were and it also got people to open up to the Soviet Union that it is time for peace that it is time to uh walk over to the other side and just see that yes you can uh that you don't need to live in this Cold War era. You can just see them as human beings, even though you may disagree, and you can live in the same world together. And and uh, for a long time, uh, we were able to do that as well. We were able to um, just go and travel and see each other, meet new people, and just learn about each other's cultures as well. And and I don't think any other video game uh, could have ever done that. Uh, even Super Mario Brothers um, or Donkey Kong or Pac-Man, it, it, it just couldn't have happened any other way. And, and we should be grateful that... It at least exposed people to um, culture, and it did help, um, and it did also play a minor role in actually, you know, breaking down the Berlin Wall and and just ending the, um, you know, the Cold War because because you know, you know, um, Mikhail Gorbachev. Um, you know, was talking with Reagan, talking with uh, Bush one, and 
and you know he you know he saw i i do believe he he saw that all this stuff and it going on because you know even he got in on this as well um and he saw all this and it's like okay you know he was pressed by reagan and and it's like okay i'll open up and eventually he's able to open up and get these and to uh just get things moving and uh and then people out of the soviet union just going to other actually then it's easier for them to travel and uh go see new uh people uh new places new faces that sort of thing and and uh yeah and uh after all that um we have the greatest video game in the world or one of the greatest video games in the world ever produced on every platform it's it's really crazy to think about um because you know he you know Mikhail Gorbachev still definitely had some idea that of what Tetris was and and to think that a video game uh could be responsible for crossing you know that iron curtain and just um even still uh i still still playing that minor role in just you know getting things moving and just and letting people be exposed to different cultures um as well you know did set off things for the better after 1989 i mean you you got to give it to um Pajitnov in some way for creating Tetris and and he wasn't even thinking that when he first created it remember all he was thinking about was a way to recreate his favorite uh game growing up which was Pentominoes and this and the way he put it together was definitely something that everyone uh should be grateful for you know it whether whether it was intentional or not with all the um uh ironing out and the copyright laws and 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 all the legal battles that ensued in the late 80s and even to early 90s you know it did bring us into an era of peace and we were able to and people were able to make money off of it even though uh the creator wasn't and and it brought um uh happiness to many children many adults and everyone who played it yeah um and i guess that will do it for this episode um ladies and gentlemen if you liked this uh i am writing a book about this um that is going to be out later this month so definitely uh check it out and um and uh just and also check out the audiobook mastery course as well uh that's going to be sold uh separately from it but i will um include how i got um this on amazon and all that jazz
So remember, if you like this show, um, please rate it uh, five stars. Uh, write me a review. And um, until the next episode, stay safe, stay great, and I'll talk to you then.